Yes, it is. And there's a lot of deals for cheeseburgers today. <sighs> Wendy's, their junior bacon cheeseburger, one penny. Oh, oh really? I was going to say, uh-huh. well, it's a dollar, so. McDonald's, their double cheeseburgers, 50 cents. It is Today. not 2003. That thing is not a dollar anymore. Uh, so it's <laughs> no, no, it's a dollar twenty nine. Wendy's, it's part of the four for four. Yeah, the four for four. Yeah, I do so enjoy like the a, four for like four. It's like a dollar twenty nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the legit price. Now, what they shrunk everything, like many other places, shrinkflation. Like yeah. But yeah, it's a buck twenty nine normally. And what is it at McDonald's? Fifty cents. Yeah, there are double cheeseburger fifty cents. Uh, when you order exclusively through, a lot of them are doing. You have to order through their app. Uh, you know, they're doing that. Have you read the story about the blizzards for like 89 cents at uh, Dairy Queen? Yeah. And I only know this because I know someone who works there, is that people want the 85-cent blizzard and don't, when you down, you got to go to the app and like download the coupon. But people want it without downloading the coupon. And I don't think people understand they need to scan the code to get the deal. So if you get those that. 50 cent cheeseburger you have to show them the phone so they can buzz the app so it gets into the cash register so you can get your order yes that's the way it works it doesn't work like that where i want a 50 cent cheeseburger well it's on the app sir uh yeah i want the 50 cent cheeseburger no you gotta you gotta download the app sir in order to get or ma'am in order to get the deal. And then people get angry because you didn't download or I, I want the 50 cent cheeseburger. I was told I could get a 50 cent cheeseburger today. Well, yeah, with the app. I think we're getting dumber. Yeah. I think No, I, I just think people dumber. aren't patient enough. I, we want something for nothing now. We're worse drivers. Uh, and than more ever before. more people on the roads. Traffic a couple of times this weekend was for me was atrocious. Ugh. It was nice to drive in. I, I'm at the lake now, but it was nice to drive in and not get high beams from someone because I drive a Tesla and they all think because it's LED lights. I'm not kidding you. Every time it's dark and I'm in that Tesla, someone flashes their brights Because on they me. think that it's, they but it's, it's not. It's just, it's just the way the lights are. And that's not the only vehicle. I think some of the newer vehicles too yeah. from different car makers have the LED lights. Because I fell for it too going like, why does that person have their brights on? And then someone said, no, these cars have the LED lights. Okay, so it's funny you bring that up. Uh, I don't think my headlights are working properly in my car, so I've had it use the high beams as I'm driving into work. Oh, no. And and it was last week, and I wasn't up on somebody's ass. I wasn't. And I was getting on the ramp from 23, you know, and to get on uh, 270 to 71. And this person slows down, and then they get behind me, yeah. turn off their lights, and then turn on their brights. And then followed me for another five miles. I'm like, dude, you're that passive aggressive. I mean, seriously. And people are getting, I just assume everybody's carrying on road rage. Now, there was a thing in Canal. I don't even know if this was uh, reported. It had to be reported. But it was like on one of the football message boards because there was the shooting was near like where the kids practice. Not high school, the smaller kids. And... In Canal, someone, like, passed someone else, and someone cut someone off, so they slowed down and shot. Oh, Lord. Shot at the car. Well, I guess I'm lucky then. Him just getting behind me being a dink and, you know, sh- yeah. <laughs> getting on my ass and shining his brights. And I just, I didn't do it. I just kept on driving. I just kept, I could I hit, see inside my car really well, hundo. though. Yeah, I hit, like, a hundo, and I just burn away from him. 
Because they're crazy. People are going to, you know, the open carry thing that DeWine's doing, not a good idea. Not that it's going to prevent anyone from, like, shooting someone, but now everybody just carries a gun. Now everyone does. It's kind of like the new new accessory. Got a gun, you carry it with you. Mm-hmm. Or you got a gun, you carry it with you because you think someone else is carrying a gun. Well, I think that's what a lot of people are doing now. Yeah, I don't is, think the people willing to shoot someone are concerned about whether or not they're allowed to have exactly. it or not. Yeah, well, that's the whole but point. I've that's even, why gun I've control doesn't thought, work. Yeah, I've even thought of doing it. Like, people are so crazy with road rage now. And like you said, Christy, they, you didn't do anything wrong, but you got to get your lights fixed, man. You can't drive around with brights. I know. Well, I've got it. There's a little setting. I have to manually set the lights and I can get them where they need to be. But yeah, I got to take them in and try to get them fixed. And people are just so pissed off on the roadways because they're so unhappy in life. We see it here with stupid people emailing. It's like <laughs> uh, that person's unhappy. I want to hug them because they're just so miserable. People are uh, stupid on the road, yeah. too, when you're going people 10 miles crazy. an hour under the speed limit in the fast lane. Dude, I get triggered by the bikes because you're going yeah. in over this weekend. It must be Pelotonia coming yeah. up because you're in a 50 mile per hour street and you're going 10 in the bikes again in uh, Canal. Oh, Pelotonia was, was in was in August. Was it? Yeah, it was I in was, August. Was, what's going on in Canal where they're that doing time this of year. again? It's like that time of year where it's nice out, so they all get out and ride early in the morning and stuff. Because I was going down that road that yeah pa- back past the mire, and I saw them just lines of them going. That's 50 your, miles per hour, yeah, correct? Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, they're going right towards Torx. Why do they do that? It's fi- a 50 mile per hour zone and you're on a two way yeah. lane. Okay. Someone's going to get killed. That's exactly today getting on 23 in front of Sayada Downs, a dude on a bike and had the little flasher on the back, and that was it. And he was right there on 23, and it's yeah. 50 miles an hour on 23. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> get a vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way you get to work. I'm sorry. Get a vehicle. Or bike in a lane where it's 35 because then people don't care. Especially the way I'm people don't pay 50, attention when it, driving. You're going to get hit. If I'm going 50 and you're going 10 that's and I can't get around you, then I'm going to try to get around you and probably make a close call and someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. You go by them at a certain amount of speed, they might be blown over. And you know what? I, in all honesty, the bikers didn't do anything illegal. They were like going to the, you know, the law. I guess you got to share the road. But if you're in a 50 mile per hour zone, why go to a 35 mile per hour zone? Yeah, like it, it's it's not illegal sometimes to run across but traffic, you to, but you don't do it with semis coming do down. Do you road. have to if you're in a 50 mile per hour zone and you're biking and they're going like 10 miles per hour? Do you have to go with the speed of traffic? Is that a law? Yeah, that's when we when we were looking it up. You have to maintain a certain, or you have to get off to the side. You cannot impede traffic. Like so, off to the side would mean you have to get all the way over and stop pedaling and give room to pass. Ooh, I'm gonna. Ooh. I'm gonna start calling the cops. Now, okay. Like automatically. Okay, Tad. That's yeah. the Todd. <laughs> Todd. Okay. I'm, Tad or Todd. You know what? I'm gonna just start calling the cop because I have. The, <laughs> I even put the number in my phone. Are you kidding me? No, because the one time I was going the opposite way and the bikes were in the entire roadways, like both lanes, and I just I was going around a turn, and then right out of nowhere, when I went around the turn, there was bikers in both, and I had to like, <laughs> you know, in full on stop. I almost hit these guys. And I almost killed him. And I like stopped and swore, like, get in your own bleeping lane. Don't get, you know, I was, I was furious because well, I, yeah, okay. I had my kids in my car. It's like, learn how to learn the rules. And there was daddy like, doesn't want to mow down a bunch of bikers with the kids yeah, in the car. And it was like 30 of them, and they were in both lanes, like a big pack. 
And it's like, you know, it doesn't work like that. And when people go around corners and they have to slam on the brake, they could kill somebody. So that's the thing, especially out where we're talking about is when they're in the big packs, the roads wind so much you can't go around. Exactly. Like you can't see over the hills to yeah, see what's sure, coming sure. your way. But somebody is going to try and pass a group of bikes or whatever, and they're going to get hit by a car coming the other way, and then everybody's wiped out. Then the everyone dies. Included. I'm going to call now. Oh, I mean, no. I just got to make sure I have the number in my phone. <laughs> like dead serious. I might even throw this on social media for everybody to have it. Like, hey, if you live in Canal, here's the number. Call on the bikes. There's ah, road here etiquette. it is. Not lying. Right uh, there. Yeah, it is right there. I am going to send this out on social media and say, hey. And the thing is, I have nothing against bikers. Like, I don't. Be healthy. Get in ride. But ride in places where it's responsible so people don't get hurt. A 50-mile-per-hour two-way zone is not responsible. Uh, yeah, two-lane highway, and you're on it with cars. Yeah. Not responsible, Christy. Uh, okay. I'm going to be that I guy. I hear you. Be that guy, Todd. Yep. And then I'm going to tie. I hope our listeners are that guy, too. We and gal. To all the, yep, and well, gal. There's etiquette on the road, whether you're on a bike or driving. I was going down 71, three lanes, semi in each lane, going the same speed. Well, see, and I can't, st- it's like, then you get the camp. Literally, we had a camper in the left lane and going the same speed as a semi, and it was two lane, and no one could get by. No Nothing. one could get by. Like, I'm willing to eat the ticket. If I get pulled over for speeding, I'll explain I was getting around the semi. It was more dangerous for me to sit next to that semi. And tell them Taco Bell was closing. I needed to get Had there. Had to get there. <laughs> Fifth ten- meal, baby. Yeah, it's 9.55, officer, and they close at 10. I haven't ate all day. Please let me go. Yes. Uh-huh. Boy, what a weekend. And we'll no talk about kidding. It. These blue jackets. <sighs> I mean, if you missed it, Mike Babcock resigned and... I don't know how you do it, Faye. I mean, I'm a fan too, but. Give you the blues. Yeah. I mean, coach after coach after coach. After, and they, they we've only had three GMs. Yeah. And they the ownership group, and it, I've said this and I tweeted this last night. I've always said this. It starts from the top. Why did the Bengals start to win, Torg? They have incompetent ownership because their owner stepped away and allowed a guy named Duke Tobin to take, Tobin to take over. Mike Brown is not the day-to-day in every meeting. I'm making the draft picks. The old man step aside, stepped aside, and guess what happens? They're the they Browns of the win. NHL. Yeah. No, even worse, because <laughs> at least the Browns let like Moneyball do it. Yeah. At well, now, but for allowed. a while, the Haslam was involved in everything. He thought he was Jerry Jones Jr. But at least he stepped away. Yeah. And it was only a few years. The Blue Jackets step away and let the GM do everything, and then they let these guys... This is embarrassing. How many times are you going to let Yarmo and JD rebuild, hire coaches that fail, embarrass the franchise, rebuild, hire coaches that fail, rebuild, rebuild? Oh boy, yeah, it's just gross. Good, how are you? Buddy? So, so we'll uh, talk that. to Porty today. Yes, yeah, we'll talk to Porty. We'll talk to Matt Finkus, <laughs> Buckeyes, and they play Notre up. Dame this weekend, and Finkus played Notre Dame. So we'll do all that. And Led Zeppelin evening, Jason Bonham, a lot of stuff. We're not taking calls right now. Save the bike calls, everybody. <laughs> now we don't care. Well, we do, but. You, you could bike wherever okay. you want. Be you. All right. Michael Evans replay next. From your QFN 96, Sears Heating and Cooling Weather Center, Sears Heating and Cooling, 100% relief, 0% financing. Clouds today got a slight chance of showers, a high 74 
Partly cloudy with patchy fog overnight tonight, a low 49 and mostly sunny for Tuesday. Chance of showers after 5 in the afternoon and a high 75. It is 55 right now. Well, that didn't last long. Mike Babcock, the recently named head coach of your Columbus Blue Jackets, resigned with the decision being mutual between Babcock and the team. Of course, word emerged earlier last week of him asking players to show him photos of their families on their phones, which led to an investigation by the NHL Players Association into his contact, uh, conduct. rather. Uh, Pascal Vincent has now been named coach, signing a two-year contract through the 24-25 season. And we will check in with Aaron Portsline from The Athletic a little later this morning. He'll run down on that. Hey, he didn't lose a single game as Blue Jacket coach. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> then there's that. Build the statue. Yes. Ford and GM, two of the big three. They've announced temporary layoffs they say are caused by the uh, UAW strike that started Thursday night at midnight, just hours after the strike began. So Ford told 600 workers at their Michigan plant, don't come to work on Friday. GM said also Friday they, the plans are to keep around 2,000 workers at its Fairfax assembly plant in Kansas at home as early as this week. President Biden said on Friday that he's sending the acting Labor Secretary Julie Sue and White House Senior Advisor Gene Sperling to Detroit to offer support in agreement. Well, it's not exactly like having a lost dog, uh, but it has wings, uh, jet engines, and, and missiles. U.S. Air Force officials posted on X that it's looking for help finding a missing F-35 jet. It was last seen flying above North Charleston, South Carolina yesterday when the pilot ejected. There was another plane flying beside it, but that one returned safely to the base. So they basically put out on X If you have any information on the whereabouts of this F-35, please call our Base Defense Operations Center. Check Ukraine. We probably sent it there. (laughs) And the Tennessee Smokies. They're a double-A affiliate of the Los Angeles Angels. They're offering free beer for home baseball playoff games starting today. Fans who purchase a special mason jar, of course, are able to drink for free as long as the Smokies are alive in the playoffs. Uh, There is a catch. Of course, there's always a catch. Fans with the mason jar drink free beer starting with the first pitch and have to start paying for their beer when the opposing team scores. Still not bad. QFN Mighty 6 Kemba Financial Credit Union traffic for your Monday morning. We've got a major issue. 70 West is completely shut down from 270 to Alum Creek Drive. This is due to a, uh, a car crash involving several vehicles earlier this morning. Your detour is going to be 270 North to 670 West to 71 South. To get back on I-70, not sure how long this closure is going to take place. But again, 70 West is shut down from 270 to Alum Creek Drive. And it's brought to you by the Original Mattress Factory. Their mission is simple. They hand-build high-quality mattresses in the local factory, and they sell those mattresses directly to their customers so they can eliminate the middleman. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. All right, let's go with your hot five. Now, we're going to have Matt Finkus on at 705. And where he played against Notre Dame is a silver bullet. And we'll ask him about this. Is Deion Sanders getting out of control? So before the team took the field, little Wayne is singing. <laughs> and then the Rock's in the locker room in the pregame speech, along with Deion's mom. See, back where I come from, when somebody says something about your mom, you put one foot back. Yeah. You were ready to get down. He didn't directly say something about my mama, but he alluded to the fact that his mama raised him, and my mama didn't raise me right. 
I raised him right. see the game but on social media it was referred to as a gang fight it wasn't a football game it was just two gangs going after it did you see i think that's a little stretch but there's some late hits and did you see when he had warren sap come in the locker room and talk to the team no what warren sap looks oh he's got a mohawk now and like a earring (laughs) it's so funny and what game was this it was during camp oh he had them come and talk, like when Michael Irvin was there talking to the team and Shannon Sharp and Warren Sapp was there talking to the team. And <laughs> That was a close game, man. It was. So why Brandon Lang said, uh, keep away from it. It'll be interesting. Colorado and Oregon, I think Oregon wins this one. I don't even know what the opening line is, but uh, boy, they, it's too much. Dion had something going with the motivation of the lack of respect, and now you're just turning it into a sideshow. Little Wayne, The Rock, your mom. Not your mom. Well, but. if you end up seven and five or six and six, then it's all for naught, too. Yeah, because you're three and zero oh now, and so now you have to go like nine and three. Yes. Now it's the standard set. But who's he going to bring out next week? Like the celebrities. Who's he got? Oprah's going to come in there, uh-huh. right? <laughs> the president. Rick Flair. Rick Flair. Oh, Rick Flair's coming. You know that. We he should, would show up. We should come up with a list of who's going to appear at. And that's what Colorado's you bet on. Colorado's next game. That's what, and you, that's bet. what you bet on. Yes, exactly. Yes, I little, like it. little prop bet there. Yep. <laughs> Clip number two, Aaron Rodgers has a lot to say about so many things. He was recently on with Pat uh, uh, McAfee, and he talked about the haters, and he talked about, well, you listen. I don't know if you saw Greg Kelly, who's a super conservative uh, political pundit, said the reason why your Achilles happened not because Achilles, the way it was kind of constructed by oh, no. God or whatever, nope. but because you took ayahuasca, and that is kind of how it all happened. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Greg yeah. Kelly. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Hey, hold on. There's another guy. What's that guy? Keith Olbermann said oh. that. Uh, you love him, though. Because you're not vaxxed, that's why it happened. Yep. Yeah, get your fifth booster, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Olbermann is a miserable person. <laughs> you talk about just in general. Somebody who just has things to say is because they're miserable. That's Keith. Oh God, what a miserable person! He really, truly is like deranged. Yeah. Like he just looks into his camera on his Twitter feed and just goes nuts and, every night. Oh, and if people knew the stuff he did at ESPN, yeah. <laughs> Cut number three. You two did a pop up concert in Vegas outside of Circa on Fremont Street stage. by the homeless in Vegas and you're going to Fremont and then there's you two playing that stage and just last week it was the gin blossoms (laughs) clip number four hey check out Ann Wilson's brand new song it's called this is now uh it's along with her uh, backing band trip sitter
That's it's, not it's bad. It's really not bad. What's her band's name? Tripster? Trip Sitter. Trip Sitter. There you go. Not bad. Cut number five. Speaking of Ric Flair, Ric Flair tells a John Cena story on his podcast. I love John Cena, so he's been such a credible performer and just one of the great guys in the business. About 10 years ago, they told John he couldn't hang around with me. <laughs> <laughs> like 2008, I'd go out drinking with John, and John could drink some beer back then, you know, and, and they told John, they said, look, we'd like you to just hang a little bit less around Flair on those yes. European tours. <laughs> I didn't take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hang out with Ric Flair. <laughs> That's great. All young wrestlers stay away. And that is your hot five. Your Kemba Financial Credit Union traffic injury accident blocking the right lane of 104 West right before 71. EMS is currently on the scene. And 70 West is reopened from 270 to Alum Creek Drive. On ramps to 70 West are also open as well. Uh, also, uh, caution if you're traveling 665 or 62 near Grove City, uh, there is a crash that is blocking the roadway right now. Find an alternate route, at least for the time being. This look at traffic is brought to you by Dream Seats, a total ticket source. Football is back, and Dream Seats has you covered. Ohio State Bengals, Browns, they've got it all. No service fees ever. Just call 340-8989 or go to dreamseats.com. News is brought to you by Borgata Pizza Cafe. Soak up some sun on Worthington's best patio for their amazing happy hour specials so political hot toward you consider colorado gop representative lauren uh bobert yeah but boy upstairs it's not it's tough okay so i don't know if you saw this over the weekend she was a little too eccentric in getting kicked out of the production of beetlejuice last week there's a video of her and her dude because she's married she came getting divorced but saying this isn't her husband correct she came clean about vaping and getting a bit handsy in the theater, among other things. Uh, Bobert said that her animated personality was to blame and that some accounts were a little bit exaggerated. There was also an I'm sorry in there somewhere. So during the show, again, it was a theater production of Beetlejuice, uh, she was kicked out following disruptive and inappropriate behavior, originally denying any wrongdoing. So the video has them escorting her out. So the video later surfaced, apparently showed her vaping taking pictures during the performance and fondling. She was fondling her male companion. Uh, and then, of course, he fondled her. Because once going you fondle beetle- someone, you've so got to get fondled back. Boobs? Yes. They're um, going to Beetlejuice. <laughs> Not in her for that. Bobert said on social media there was no perfect blueprint for going through a public divorce and that she felt sh- uh, fell short of her values. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. Uh, so I don't know what she was vaping in there, but... Must have made her feel good and get awful handsy. I wonder if people are sick of the, what's it, Boberts and the AOCs and yeah. the Marjorie Green. All of them. The, yeah. They're all kind of the same thing, just different political views. Just all, look at me, look at me. That's actually a pretty good point, yeah. Between AOC and her, yeah. Uh, we talk, What did we do? We talked last week about VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if you do have some that are gathering dust, it uh, could make you rich. Video cassettes that used to cost you a couple bucks might be worth a few hundred, if not more. If you scan eBay, you're going to find classic flicks selling at eye-popping prices. 
as long as they're in excellent shape. So tapes have been watched a lot that have been downgraded and, and beat up. That's a no-no. Oh, there goes the porn collection. Yep. But as of a couple of days ago, a brand new copy of Gremlins had a bid of $4,500 and a never-played Back to the Future VHS, $14,000. Even a relatively new wow. item, like a 2002 copy of Fast and Furious, is, is fetching 1250 bucks. Damn. We have and the I, Goonies on VHS. Yeah, just but it's John Fetterman's new? home tape. <laughs> and did you see that they're relaxing the dress code for senators because of Fetterman now? Senator Cucumber. He can go ahead and wear his hoodies if he wants. I can. I, I know. I can you're run all about now. that. You're all about that. I can that. run now. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> hey, we talked to Matt Ficus, Buckeyes in Notre Dame this weekend after Billy Squire. The uh, Buckeyes just scored again against Western Kentucky. Now it's 70-10. to 10. Now, good game for the Buckeyes beat Western Kentucky, Notre Dame this week. Let's bring on Buckeye Matt Finkus. Matt, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Hey, before we get to the Buckeyes and the Notre Dame game this weekend, wanted to get your take on Dion. And I was all for Dion. I like the story. I like the old school mentality. But this week, little Wayne is singing the – team on the field the rocks in the locker room his mom's in the locker room uh he s- seems to play that we're getting disrespected angle every week is this gonna uh you know play itself out and get sick uh get you know we've had our fill pretty soon is it gonna get old i think, I think we're there <laughs> I, I was there this week yeah and and i mean and it's for him, part the media that's that's doing this. I mean, when you try to turn Colorado, Colorado State into you know Ohio State, Michigan, or you know the Iron Bowl, or you know one of these major rivals. I mean, this is a Colorado is a good team. They're not a great team. They're not a playoff team. They're not a you know a championship level team. They're a good team. They've got good players. I mean, Shadur Sanders is, is a good quarterback. I mean, but also. You know, the the narrative that he's brought this ragtag group of guys up from the HBCU. To, to, I mean, these are all four- and five-star recruits yeah. that he got to come to Jackson State. I mean, his son was a four-star recruit with obviously some good lineage and, and probably some superior athletic talent who was also coached by Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Travis Hunter was a was the number, like, number two recruit in the country. Uh, you know, with offers from every school, from Ohio State to Alabama to, you know, Georgia. I mean, he came, went to Jackson State on a $1 million NIL deal with a coffee company. I mean, it's, you know, the, there's a lot of one side of the story being told. Um, I, I'm with you. Like, I love the old school mentality and kind of what he was doing. And um, and it kind of seems to have gotten away from him. Um, you know, that's the, that's, you know, the. The, the showing of the watch and the on-field confrontations before every game. I mean, you're punching down at this point. They haven't played anyone that they weren't really supposed to beat. I mean, TCU maybe. I mean, but I mean, that's a team that lost all of the talent from last year's team. Quarterback, wide receivers, running back, most of the defense. Um, you know, I mean, then you, you, you're you playing two other inferior opponents and acting like this is like, you know, a marquee matchup when it's not. 
I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens in the next two weeks. I mean, they've got at USC and or and uh, or at Oregon and USC, and I think the hype train is going to come to a stop. Yeah, we are kind of discussing this with the Vegas as well. I mean, they were big favorites. I think it was twenty nine points against Colorado, and now uh, they're twenty point dogs against Oregon. I tend to take Oregon. Yeah, I think so too. I think that that. Uh, you know, it, it's been kind of fun while it lasted for them, but, um, I mean, the reality is going to have to set in here pretty soon for them. We were discussing just behind the scenes joking now that he's had the rock and little Wayne. Ric Flair is the Vegas leader to make an appearance for Colorado. <laughs> well, I mean, he does do the Nike school, so yes. I mean, that might be might, might be the next step for him. But, um, I mean, it, it's I guess it's fun to, to re-energize a, a, you know, a fan base and a program and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, he'll continue to recruit and, and get players. And, I mean, I don't think anyone thought he wasn't going to be successful. I mean, with the amount of turnover and the amount of players that he brought in. And I think that when you look at, at the overall, you know, team concept and what those guys are able to do, they're a good team. I mean, don't I'm not taking away that they're, you know, they're not a good team. They are a good team, but they're not a team that they're being – build up to be i mean this is basically like the 2008 housing bubble about to happen yeah yeah we're with matt finkus hey you know for fans and you beat western kentucky and i think everybody watched that game or if you're at the game you leave satisfied you were waiting for the buckeyes to put a performance on like this for the players does it matter when you played if you're having a couple games where you're not playing well and then you blow out a team to the players from a player standpoint do they look at it as like boy we needed this um, a little bit so, and I think that, you know, you, you've got to look at it, um, you know, what other teams are doing. And, and when you're Ohio State or when you're one of the marquee programs, you know, I mean, teams build their seasons around trying to beat you. Um, you know, for Indiana, like they're building their season around trying to beat you. They have nothing else really that they're going to – I mean, aside from trying to beat Ohio State or one other marquee team that they play, they're just trying to get the six wins so they can go to a bowl game. Um you know, it's a different program mentality. So they're going to do, I mean, their coach said, like, we're trying to shorten the game. We're trying to, you know, eliminate possessions for them of what they can do because we know, I mean, obviously when when you get into the rhythm of what they can do, they scored about four or five touchdowns in the second quarter alone. I mean, that they can do that against anybody. That's not just Western Kentucky. The, the talent level at Ohio State, they can do that against anybody that, that's a top-level contender or Western Kentucky. So I think it was good for the team to get into a groove to see what they can do when they play kind of within a rhythm and, and really get rolling. Uh, and it does build the confidence because it it's frustrating. I mean, you, you know, you run into that as a player when you're, when you're at an elite school that these teams will do different things. And um, I mean, you know, you saw so much of the triple option by Indiana, <laughs> you know, you yeah. go back to that game. Like, you know, they're not running triple option all season long. They're not, that's not something that that's, you know, their core values in their game plan. So it, it gets frustrating as a player sometimes when you get these teams that come in and do the gimmick and the quirks, and you know, that are just trying to hang in there with you or just trying not to get blown out. And you've got to kind of, as a coaching staff, go back to your team and say, look, I know this is frustrating, but, you know, we got to just go out and play solid football and, and get through this and get this game out of the way. Because when you run into a Notre Dame, you know, they're going to play their own game. You know, I mean, they're going to try to now. It, it's a game plan that that's probably not advantageous to our game plan. They're going to run the ball. I mean, we're going to, our defensive front is really going to have to step up this game. I mean, this is a team up north game all over again. You know, they've got two good running backs, really solid offensive line, a capable quarterback. 
they they're going to have to. You've got to win on first and second down against a team like Notre Dame and put Sam Hartman in a position where he's going to drop back and throw the ball because that's where historically he's given up the ball at Wake Forest. You know, when he's in the third and long straight drop back pass situation, get some pressure, you know, he's given up the ball there. So, but you've got to get there with that, with that running game. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the defensive line. Cause I think this week you saw Travion Henderson's going to be your go-to guy. You know what Mayan Williams is. So you kind of got settled. You know who you're, your running back is if you're late in the game and you need a go-to guy. But defensive line, I mean, this fan base and this team was spoiled with the Bosa brothers, Chase Young, double-digit guys. Unfortunately, with JTT and Jack Sawyer, it looks like they don't have that elite pass rush. Yeah, I mean, and you're going to have that from time to time. I mean, these guys just aren't that, you know, top 10 NFL pick pass rush kind of guys. I mean, not to say that they're not good, but they're just not the guys like you said that we've had in years past. Um, defensive tackles are really, really good. But again, it's, you know, it, it's, I think given the opportunity, they're going to be able to get home whenever they, whenever they really need to. Um, but again, to me, it's stopping the run. It's, it's what this front is going to do. You've got to win the point of attack this week. And I think, uh, you know, Ryan and, and Jim Knowles are really going to have to, and emphasize that like it's not about pass rush and, and sacking right now it's it's about winning on first and second down and making sure that we're not getting uh letting Notre Dame get into a third and one third and two scenario on a lot of different different series talking to Matt Finkus uh the Buckeye it, you played Notre Dame twice correct yes uh, talk about that, and I don't know, I can't speak for the new athlete, but, I mean, there's a mystique behind Notre Dame. That's a big game. I mean, you you mentioned how Indiana and the other teams circle Ohio State. I mean, it's teams circle Notre Dame. I mean, it's it's the team that, and I know they play the ACC, but they still play those out-of-conference games. Uh, you know, that they, they had their own TV contract for years. It was Notre Dame. Talk about just as a player your mindset when you played them. Well, I mean, it's a little bit different, I think, just because we played them, uh, you know, a few times here recently. Uh, you know, when, when we played them in 95 and 96, that was the first time in, like, I think it was, like, 90 years. Um, you know, they played, like, in 1915 and 16 or 16 and 17 or something like that and hadn't played for 80-some years. So it was a big deal. I mean, there's a lot of hype built up around that. Um, I think it was a 3-4 or 4-5 matchup both years. Um and, and yeah, I mean, you know, you've got a lot of Notre Dame fans here. I mean, proximity of uh, of where Notre Dame is, and you know, kind of the Catholic roots of it. Uh, there's a lot of Notre Dame fans, you know, just in Ohio and and all across the country. So you know, it was a little bit different back then. I think the fan base has kind of changed a little bit. But I mean, it is. It's still a big game. It's a marquee matchup against a you know another team that is looking to be in the playoffs every year. I mean, I, they, that's the expectation at Notre Dame. That's the expectation here. I think that's that's what makes it a great game. You know, it, it's a build up to a to a game where you've got two elite programs historically. You know, two great fan bases coming up together, and and players know that they know that going in. You know, I mean, you know when you're in a big game week. You know when, and and it's a tough place to play. I mean, you go up there and and it is not an easy place to play. It's you know they, their crowd is great. It's not a you know a gigantic stadium where it's incredibly loud, but I mean there's a ton of history. There's a ton of things that go on up there. Um, so so I mean you know as a player it's a, it's a it's a fun game to be a part of, and I think it still holds that same mystique. Hey, a final one for you, and I, I was watching the uh, game against Youngstown State, and the announcer, and I don't even remember who the analyst was, but he kept using the term calling the defense the silver bullet defense, and this is just my opinion, and this is why I asked this. I want yours. 
to me, the silver bullet name for this defense, any Buckeye team, I think you have to earn it because you were an original one and we've had great defenses here and maybe they've earned the title. But as an original member of the Silver Bullets, do you think that label is something that teams have to earn? Um, yeah, I think so. I think that, that that's something that uh, it's a standard that, you know, we tried to set when we played and I think that everyone should try to achieve. And, you know, I mean, I think they're playing really well right now. I mean, I think the defense has, has been vastly improved. Um, you know, holding teams in, in this day and age, and it's going to be different, let's be honest. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the game is set up for offensive. I mean, maybe not quite as much as the NFL, but, I mean, it, it's very much that way in, uh, in, in in college football as well. So, I mean, are you going to, you know, hold teams to – are you going to pitch shutouts? Are you going to hold teams to, you know, 100 yards or 40 yards rushing and under 200 yards passing on a regular occasion? Probably not just because the game is set up differently. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that within the program and – and I think, you know, Ryan does a great job of stressing the history of the program and, and the players that came before it. And, you know, he, he always has the, uh, a day at practice in the fall where ex-players come back and he talks to, to the team and the team, you know, interacts with the players. And I think that he does emphasize that. But I agree. I think I think that, you know, you, you've got to earn that title. Um, you know, you're not going to earn it against Western Kentucky or, Young, or Youngstown State. You're going to earn it in the Big Ten schedule. You're going to earn it in games like Notre Dame. You're going to earn it in the Big Ten championship game. So this is this is a game where, where the defense is going to be really heavily relied upon um, because just like from the, from the matchup st- uh, style that I said, you know, they're going to run the ball. They've got an effective passer. He's not, Sam Hartman is an, an elite-level passer, but he's a really good quarterback that doesn't make a lot of mistakes unless you put him in kind of that third and long situation where, he's, where he maybe you can confuse him with coverage. So this is going to be a game where the defense can earn that name, and, and let's see if they do. Yeah, I just thought it was week two, and you're already labeling that. But I think a lot of people just match just naturally because of they just think Ohio State and they just correlate and just say silver bullet defense and not even think that it's something I think you earn. I think so too. I mean, I think it's something like back in the day with the Nebraska black shirt defense. I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of what we modeled it after a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, back then, back then Nebraska had that really elite level defense when you talk about those guys um, and, and they, you know, had to earn the black shirts that they wore in practice every day. I mean, it was a point of pride. I mean, and it's been a point of pride for, for a lot of guys throughout the years. I mean, you know, you go back to, you know, what, what uh, you know, Laronitis and, and, and Slagle and all those guys have, have gone through. And, you know, I mean, everyone knows about it. Everyone, uh, you know, talks about it within the building and the facility. And whether an announcer calls them the Bullets or yeah, not doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. Um, it, it, it matters kind of what, what uh, the standard is within the program and within the coaching staff and within the players and what you sit down and see on film on Sunday. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Talk right, to you guys soon. Take care. It was another embarrassing weekend for the Jackets, and we'll get to that coming up with Aaron Portsline of the Athletic. I just shake my head at this franchise, like, huh? And what did, when you first heard about it last night, because what the word came down late afternoon, something like that. Um, didn't surprise me because you know we don't. We'll find out the real story because was the real story. He was looking for phones. Was he hooking it up to a computer and letting other people to see? We don't know the real story. So we'll get the the story from Portsmouth Porty. So if the if he was hooking players uh, phones phones to his computer and then showing others, well, yeah, that's that's an issue. But then Boone Jenner said, "No, I had no problem sharing photos." And so we'll have to uh, find out the real story. What was the real story? 
So they have a press conference today at 1230. I don't know if they're going to tell us the story, but they should. They should be transparent and tell us everything. And J.D. and Yarmo at the end of the season probably need to go bye-bye. You've gone through how many coaches with these guys, how many rebuilds. Starts from the top, man. Ownership has to, and I tweeted this last night, ownership has to hire people to run this organization, give them a timeline, and have expectations and things need to be done in that timeline. What they do is they let these guys run these teams into the ground, build it back up. I don't even know if they're building it up if eighth place in the playoffs is building it up. (laughs) But they build it up, they get in the playoffs, then they build it back down, and then they hire another guy, and it's built till they make the playoffs. and, And then recently it's just been a dumpster. And then this. You hire a guy and you think, well, he's going to be our guy. Nope, we not bring so much. a controversial guy. And what does he do? He gets in trouble before he even starts a training camp. Jarmo's been there, what, 10 years now? Been a while. Been there long enough to know he's not going to build a cup winner or a consistent winner. And I get it's a little difficult here, but other teams do it. Other medium market, small market teams do it. Why can't we do it? And now, hell, would you want to come here as a free agent? You had a t- hard time getting free agents before. And now this, yeah. And now this. Johnny Hockey's probably like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> And what does it do to the team? Are the veterans who had no problem with it mad at the young kids? There's a lot there. I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying there might be a lot there. Eesh. Well, let's do a little laughter at 32 after brought to you by the Funny Bone. Go to ColumbusFunnyBone.com or 471-JOKE. To s- jokes to see comedians like this one, Ben Brainerd. Learned something recently. I learned that if you go to a Taco Bell that's currently hiring, at the bottom of their receipt, it will say, now hiring, dreams do come true. <laughs> <laughs> Who's? <laughs> I didn't realize I hired Shaggy and Scooby-Doo for this PR campaign. And I don't want to stand up here and make fun of you if you've ever worked at a Taco Bell, but that's not a dream people have. Like, I've never walked into a Taco Bell and seen, like, a -a make-a-wish kid behind the register or something. (laughs) Some of you guys pulled away on that one. (laughs) And you're not wrong. (laughs) But neither am I. (laughs) Have you guys seen it? No, no, you haven't, because it hasn't happened. Nobody's ever walked into a hospital room and like, hey, Timmy, the foundation said they'll grant your wish. What do you want to do? Go to Disney, meet LeBron? And Timmy's like, nah, I want to make a taquito. (laughs) How to get 12 tacos in that pack? I got to know what makes it supreme. All right, let's try to unsort the mess that the Blue Jackets have created with Aaron Port's line of the Athletic. What's up, Porty? 
Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good. I wish we had you on to talk hockey, um, but I guess we are. Okay, so last time we spoke, the Blue Jackets sent out a statement. Mike Babcock, Boone Jenner, said it was just a simple exchange of photos between you know the players and Babcock trying to get to know each other. Now there's reports that the younger players, maybe he plugged the the phone into the computer and showed the pictures. Is is there two different things here? Maybe Boone and Johnny Hockey had a different experience with this than the younger guys? Yeah, well, the question is, did they have a different experience? Did they perceive it as a different experience or both? I think both of those are, are possible. And I think, you know, it, when we spoke last, it was it was settled by some people's mind, but the NHLPA was was looking and had been alerted to other things that demanded their attention. They felt so. While the Blue Jackets, and I think we even spoke about this, while the Blue Jackets like would really like this to go away, of course Babcock would too. Just what the PA heard from. Players and I, I'm led to believe that that's players beyond the Blue Jackets. So this is not the first time he's done this. Uh, it, it really caused them to to respond in a different way. The more they learned, and the question that I have, I think you know this is putting Boo Jenner in a very difficult spot. If you know if if he feels it was different, or if he has learned in subsequent days. Same question for Yarmo Kekalainen and John Davidson today. What did they learn over the last couple of days that led them to this? It didn't sound from Yarmo's statement as if he was uh, fully on board with Mike Babcock having been uh, acting out of line here, that it was all done to sort of keep the peace. Uh, but I think in a lot of players' minds, that this was a, a much more justified decision uh, than just keeping things happy and avoiding distractions. It's a lot bigger than that. You know this team. You've uh, gone to pretty much every press conference since day one. How transparent do you think they're going to be at 1230 when they do this press conference? Because if they don't come out with the information and be fully transparent, Porter, you know it's going to come out and they're going to look bad. And they already yeah, do look I, bad. I, I, yeah, I, and, and that's why this move had to be made when it when it was. I, I don't know if, if, if fully transparent should be – expected um i i've come to not expect that i guess in, in a lot of ways in in today's world but uh you know I, I i think the attempt will be made uh to make sure that everybody is on the same page here that remains that that's most critically important in the room so if if the players you, know, you don't want your room to get fractured over this which i think is another reason that the move had to be made when it did and the other thing that I think is vitally important is that the players who obviously didn't take this as an innocent interaction, I think those players, it's imperative that those players not end up as being blamed for the firing of a coach. This is Mike Babcock's fault. This is his own. Yeah. And it could be more. It could be, you know, Yarmo Kekalainen and John Davidson and others can have a share in this too. But it's not the people that, that ate this as, as uh, an unfortunate interaction between young players and a coach. Yeah, Aaron Portsline of The uh, Athletic joining us. 
Uh, talk about that, Yarmo and JD. You know, it kind of starts from the top, and I think from it, it's hard to criticize ownership, but you can criticize them because ownership has never said no to a trade, never said no to a contract, redid the locker room. But on the other other side, they've kind of let GMs go here through rebuilds, building back, coaching hirings that didn't work. I think they've gave a long leash to JD and Yarmo. I like them both, but at some point, Porter, you got to say, guys, this has to end. I mean, JD and Yarmo. I mean, are they in trouble? I don't know if we can say that at this point. And it's such a weird thing in pro sports. Nobody wants Jerry Jones. Nobody wants the owner that is middling and everything. Yeah, it's kind of the dream scenario to have a person that says, "Listen, I've got money, and I'd love to have a team here." But I don't know hockey. Let me hire hockey people and put them in charge. If that's how you view how this should work, then the ownership group here is kind of ideal. Because like you said, they've been really nothing but supportive uh, through the years. They've paid, woof, have they paid some serious contracts. Yeah. And they have not actually gotten a return on that if you look at this team's playoff record. But this, this is why it gets so serious in this situation, I think, and why – you know, I, I think the coming days will be interesting uh, with regard to Tekaline and, and Davidson. This demands that ownership get involved. This makes it impossible for the ownership to sit back and, and let the hockey people do the hockeying. When this kind of stuff flares up, they have to get involved. And if that's how your situation is settled, that's probably an unsettling feeling for a lot of people in charge of this hockey team. You know, Porty, just me throwing this out here, I'd like to get your take. You've seen it in the Northwestern, Michigan State, uh, you know, on colleges, but would it be smart for ownership to get an inside investigation because the Players Association did their investigation? Wouldn't you want to, or maybe you do it yourself where you ask tough questions, but there's got to be some type of in- investigation of like, how, how did why did we hire this guy how did it come about this? How did it get to this point? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, first, I think, <laughs> excuse me, uh, you want to know what the NHLPA knows. And my understanding is that at this time, they're not coming forward with anything else. That's the first, that's the first matter. Uh, it is, it's kind of the classic, when did they know and when, uh, who, did, who knew and when did they know it? Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think ownership, probably has a good idea before Mike Babcock was hired who was on who was really on the hook for this one who said listen there's some baggage here but I'm willing to put my neck on this because I think he's the right coach for this situation um, ownership would know that I don't a, a major move is it made without ownership being aware of it first they have to agree of course to the two-year eight million dollar contract that Babcock had we don't know where that stands um, but yeah uh, ownership has uh, obviously, of course, every right to demand answers here. And, and how how were these decisions made? How has it come to pass that you hired this controversial coach, told me everything was going to be okay, and not only does he not make it to opening night, he never runs a practice with this team before it runs the ground. That's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it, it is. Aaron Portsline with The Athletic. I can read it. He's got an article out right now about this. Uh, so, Porter, you mentioned it a little bit ago about Boone Jenner and the veterans. Uh, I can tell you this, and I, I don't have as many sources as you do, but just kind of sniffing around, there were a lot of veterans on this team who were really, really excited for this season. I mean, really thought, hey, we got a guy who's got attention to detail. I think we're going to win a lot of games. 
And then you might look at, they might look at it differently than the experience like you mentioned about the younger guys. What does this do to the locker room? Or is it just one of those things where they have a meeting, clear the air, and they move on? Yeah, well, I've been told, and I think that's something that the players are really going to try to get across today. I was told uh, via text message, I won't say who the player is, but that the room, the players remain united, that they are okay, they are good, and they are all pointed in the right direction. You know, listen, Boone Jenner has, I think he does have to explain some things today. I think he has to, to say, you know, what would his statement be today? Uh, and would it be different than the statement he made earlier in the week, given what he may know now he didn't know then? I think we can also say, and, and with some understanding, that Boone Jenner wanted this to be okay. He wanted this to work. And I, I give the players credit. I, I'm sure a lot of them were uneasy when Mike Babcock was hired. They've heard the stories, and they all gave, they all threw both all 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 parts of their heart and soul in this to make this work. Most of them came away from their meetings saying, "Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm ready to play for the guy." Obviously, some players took it far differently, and obviously, this is a coach that does not know where the line is drawn. And and I don't I don't want to hear. Oh, you know, young players can't handle the old coach. Uh, this is not a generational thing. This is bad behavior by a coach. And the players, I think, can, can actually galvanize around this. They like Pascal Vincent. They respect Pascal Vincent. Pretty sharp hockey mind. Now, the Blue Jackets have, have, have decided twice that he's not the man for the job. He gets it by default now. Uh, I know they have thought of him highly. But there's some awkwardness there as well. I'm, I'm curious what, what is said about that and all of the things that need to be in place moving forward. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he was interviewed for one other job at some point in the last couple of years, correct? Yeah, I, he had an interview with another NHL team. Yes. Right now, and honestly, I meant to look it up before I went to bed last night. I don't remember who the team was, but he, he is a very highly regarded person around the NHL. He's a bit of a legend in Winnipeg. Um, he's a very capable person. I'm not sure if the Blue Jackets hire another assistant. Uh, to join the staff, that, I, that would make sense. If someone gets promoted from within, perhaps a Mark Latestu. Um, all things. So there's a lot of stories coming out of this thing. Yeah, and, and truth be told to the listening audience, Porty, and I think it's it's good to clarify, uh, when this first came down, no one on this show doubted that he wasn't looking at pictures on the phone. I think when it was presented, you know, in the Mike Commodore kind of Twitter video too, they brought it up as a perversion thing that the that Babcock was perverted, and that was my issue. I don't think Mike Babcock was perverted, but I definitely think what he did was wrong. I think there can be two different things there. Yeah, well, it's, it's most certainly wrong. We have yes. no indication that it's anything malicious like that. It's certainly improper. That was my um, my whole thing was when Mike Commodore called Babcock a pervert for doing it. I was like, yeah. come on now, you know. Yeah, now maybe he knows something we don't know. I've not heard that, but you know, hey, it, let's not be naive here. And I'm not, I'm not putting this on any one player in particular. I don't think it's crazy to assume that a young, uh, well-paid—I'll uh, take someone else's word for it—but attractive hockey player has pictures on his phone that have been sent to him by uh, females. Yes, yes, and yes. That's not out of the question. No, it's that not. Really. The- really embarrassing too yeah uh, so you don't give parties. the phone you just can't give yeah, the phone that, that's, that's exactly why you don't let somebody else root through your phone yes like it's a deeply personal thing that that's just that's a line that cannot be crossed you don't even ask porty 
Porty, I have nothing but dog photos and kid photos on my phone. And if uh, my bo- if my boss asked me, I'd say no. Yeah, I mean, I've got pictures of my my tomatoes, my dog, like you said, uh, our trip to Alaska this summer. I'm a pretty boring ASS guy at, at 53, and and my wife takes my phone and I go, Jesus, what did my friend sent me something uh, right now, which is not out of the the, the realm of possibility. <laughs> Like, give me that phone back. I'm a little, this is my life you're looking at right here. And I'm joking a bit. But it, it's a deeply personal thing. It's, it's more personal than your wallet or your purse. It, it's a part of your life now. We, we keep everything on these phones, and that's a line that cannot be crossed. Oh, Porty, it's something. It, it's something. It's, it's, so hopefully they rebound, and I'll be reading you, reading you, and uh, we'll take a look to see what's said at 1230 at this press conference. I appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you getting up early for us. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. We're underway on the on the drive from Ann Arbor, beautiful Ann Arbor, to Columbus, Ohio today. So no problem. Great to be with you. All right, thanks, Party. Yep, see you, man. Your Kemba Financial Credit Union traffic. That earlier accident there, 665 and 62 in Grove City. The roadways are back open. Still working this one. Accident blocking the right lane, 33 eastbound ramp to 70 south. This look of traffic is brought to you by Kissling, Nestico, and Reddick. Hurt in a car? Call K&R. K&R gets you the help you need when you need it after a car, truck, or motorcycle crash. Call 1-800-HURT-NOW or go to knrlegal.com. News this is brought to you by Borgata Pizza Cafe. Soak up some sun on Worthington's best patio for their amazing happy hour specials. So Russell Brand facing allegations of rape, sexual assaults, emotional abuse. It was reported by the Sunday Times. So a joint investigation by the Sunday Times and UK's Channel 4 revealed allegations from five women spanning from 2006 to 2013. whole bunch of different allegations. Of course, Brand has denied all of them. He released a video stating that his relationships were consensual, labeling the claims as a coordinated media attack based on my political beliefs. His lawyer has refrained from making any comments, but his agent has already dropped it because of the allegations. Oh, God, yeah. So there is a healing and wellness center in Oregon. It's called Epic Healing Eugene, and it opened in June. And they are offering magic mushrooms to the public. So the center serves up uh, Salosabin tea to adults over the age of 21. So they show up to an office suite and trip on the magic mushrooms for about six hours. A lot of users say vivid geometric shapes come into their vision. They lose their identity in the moment and they feel a a oneness with the universe. People have been so excited about messing around with the magic shrooms that the center now has a wait list of more than 3,000 names. Some interested people have problems they're trying to solve while others are just curious and want to take a legal, safe and controlled trip. And in case you were wondering, Clients can't buy mushrooms to go, and they have to stay at the center until the drug wears off. If you're going to trip like that, that's the perfect way to do it. Don't go anywhere else in a nice, safe little environment. Put you in a room. Become one with yourself. Do a little dance. Hang out with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's all you need. Magic mushrooms, they're telling you that's a way now that they're curing depression and a lot of other things. Mm. If it worked for our ancestors, it should work for does us. It a, does it cure being annoying? Because you might want to give me some. What? <laughs> You can be one word away from $1,000 with the Waterworks 1K keyword, and we're going to give it to you after Def Leppard. You could be one word away from winning $1,000 with the Waterworks 1K Workday keyword. We'll give you the keyword in a matter of moments. You go to QFM96.com, enter the keyword before midnight. 
for a chance to win $1,000. If you play every weekday, you increase your odds of winning. Today's keyword, bank. B-A-N-K. Bank. I love how we spell it. <laughs> yeah, well, it says here, Christy, I just tell, I just tell people what's written, right? Bank, B A N Q U E. It says right here on the sheet when you read the word, spell it, and it even says use it in a sentence. I'm on Burgundy. I just do what I'm told. Like you could make some bank. Yes, there you go. Any mistake I make on the air, folks. If I call a wrong name, it's written wrong on the screen. If I make a mistake, it's sent to me. I just read what's on this screen, and it says bank, B-A-N-K, and use it in a sentence. Okay. That's what I'm told to do. That's what I do. There you go. Now, go to QFM96.com, and what word are they typing in, Torg? Bank. B-A-N-K. We're like the spelling bee. Do you have the country yes. of origin? Yes. yes. Don't be Keep a simpleton. Questions. There you go. Another keyword coming up 11 to 11.15 with Christy. 2 and 2.15 and then 5 and 5.15 with Arch. It's the Waterworks 1K Workday, giving you a chance to put $1,000 in your pocket. Get complete rules and details, QFM96.com. There mm. you go. Uh, Christy, it was brought to my attention. I mentioned this right now because he's just put his kid on the bus and he's listening I went to the Born Brothers tailgate party Saturday before the game. Oh, did you? And one Born pulled me aside, Jacoby, said, hey, man, we all listen, and I kind of got a beef with the show. There's too much Zach. <laughs> you are riding uh, Zach's job. Oh, there you go. And I kind of tend to agree with Jacoby. We ride Zach's jock too much. So maybe we have to spread the wealth and have Jacoby and Justin on just so there's no hurt feelings between the brothers. Well, they, that They're can't fighting be. over us, Christy. Aw. Fighting over mom We're and dad. We're the favorite over all the Borns. We're the favorite. So I think we just have to spread and be fair. Well, can, can they talk Bachelor? I don't know. I didn't ask Jacoby. I don't think they'd. I think Jacoby probably doesn't want to talk Bachelor. I mean, Zach has a lane. I you know. You can't just take Zach's I, lane. But I don't know if it's a good lane. So then we talked to Zach about The Bachelor. And we talked talk to Jacoby to... about football. Yes. Each born brother has got their specific topic. Yes. Can Justin do food? I'll ask Justin. I'll text Justin because we were talking about Indian Lake. So I'll text Justin today and I'll find out what his specialty is. And then Jacoby, I'll text him and find out what Jacoby's specialty there, is. See, and that, so then everyone born, has their lane. Yep. Yes. I don't know if Zach should admit Bachelor's my lane. Oh, he, he, he wears is. that proudly. Are you kidding? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, be a star in your role. Yeah. They have, great, they have a great tailgate, the Bournes. Where is their tailgate? Uh, right outside the stadium. Okay. They got a good, well, I don't want to tell people. Don't show up. It's not for everybody. It's in, <laughs> you need a password. I was actually going to go. Jimmy and I were going to, we thought about going down to campus it's for the game. bank. B-A-N-K. Yes, yes, the password. password. And tomorrow it'll change. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were going to go down to the camp uh, to campus and realized, oh, uh, that's just kind of a pain in the ass. All former, there's a lot of former Buckeyes that have. Tailgates. Tailgates. That's a thing now. Kind of like when I went to the Vikings game, one of the Vikings, I've been to many, but they have like former players at tailgates. Like, that's a, I bet that's a lot of fun. And, and companies will pay a like Viking legend to like show up and then sign autographs and take pictures for people. Okay, well that's a that's a worthy cause. Yeah, Good so deal. Like, you could if you are roosters, 
because I was wearing my rooster song. I'm not getting paid by rooster. I'm just saying roosters could have athletes show up and sign autographs. For the, for the tailgate. QC Kinetics could have me and Satch Sullinger signing <laughs> autographs before Buckeye basketball game. They are perfect. There you go. That's that's probably a good lane for someone who has a tailgate. Okay, so what I gotta ask, what kind of food did they have at the at the Bourne Brothers tailgate? I drink. Okay. Oh, yeah. no, so no, no, it was had, it had, was a liquid lunch. Yeah, they had good food because uh, my kid came over and said, "Dad, they have cookies," and I said, "Mom's not here. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> Grab yourself a beer, bud." That's a joke. <laughs> Mom's yourself. not here. I said, "I did." I said, "Mom's not here. Grab two. What's the good good food? A lot of kids, family friendly. So very family friendly. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Cornhole games. I think Jacoby has one kid, or and then Justin has three, and Zach is in the rear, following far behind mm-hmm. with zero. Oh, so there you go, Jacoby. You're you're ahead of Zach in the kid game. Well, he, well, in the procreation game. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. So you got that. So just wanted to give a Jacob a Jacoby a shout out because he listens right now. Puts his kid on the bus and listens to the show. We'll talk to you soon, Jacoby. So there you go. And if Justin, Jacoby, just so you know, if Justin doesn't listen longer, he's dead to us. So there you go. You you and Zach will have that going because Zach and Jacoby listen. And I've never asked Justin or even, like, discussed it. We just talk about stupid stuff. Okay. Well, that, yeah. hey, that's there's nothing wrong with talking stupid stuff. No, that's how we make a living. No, but if you listen you're our favorites. Oh, yes. Yes. So, uh... Mike Levin's on the way. We got Sal's Rock Report, an interesting story, Christy. You and uh, yeah. Richard were talking about, I was just learning about involving the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that we'll get to at 9 yeah. o'clock. So a little Michael Evans next. Michael Evans Report, brought to you by Dormar Heating and Cooling, your climate hero. Michael Evans. Hi, Mike. Good morning. How's you guys doing today? Good. Doing good. How was your weekend? Pretty good. Yourself? Not good. bad. Good, good. Hey, well, certainly the biggest story of the weekend uh, is uh, Russell Brand accused of multiple rape and sexual assaults on four women, including a 16-year-old girl that may have gone on for years. Russell Brand has always been a weird dude, but I never knew of him as a criminal. But uh, these uh, accusations reportedly happened three years and before uh, he married Katy Perry, and and did some of his staff know that some of this stuff was going on? That's another big question people are asking. Um, oh, thank God, my Brand's a jerk. You know, he once called Rod Stewart to brag that he had sex with Rod Stewart's daughter Kimberly. Then he went public and made it uh, a bunch of nasty jokes, made it part of his act. Wow. Oh, well, that's just nasty. Hey, yeah. He was also married to Katy Perry for 14 months in 2011. He disappeared right around Christmas. Didn't show up until she got a text, a text on New Year's Eve saying he wanted a divorce and didn't want to see her. That's a class act, too. Wow. Katy Perry yesterday said she had heard rumors for years about these things, but didn't know for sure and was afraid to say anything. I love the New York Post headline, guys. Over Russell Brand's face, headline screamed, bad for the brand. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, oh, boy, yeah. Uh, Show business, business. So Taylor Swift, worth a billion (laughs) dollars, record sales, concerts, endorsements for Coca-Cola, AT&T, CoverGirl, Sony, and others. But did you know she's also a real estate baron? She owns condos and duplexes, mansions, and other real estate all over the country. 
Yeah. Must be nice. It must be nice. Okay, sports shorts. Nobody is perfect, but people love to jump on anybody when they make a mistake, and I'm calling bullshoy on a lot of NFL fans demanding Al Michaels be fired. It's all because of what happened at the half of Thursday night's game. Coming out of a break, Al said, Welcome back to Veteran Stadium. Well, of course, Veteran Stadium was the home of the Eagles and Phillies for over 30 years, but long replaced by the Lincoln financial field. It was a slip of the tongue. Come on, man. People writing in saying he should be fired. Oh, give me a break. No, no t- tolerance. Who they should fire is Herb Street. He's awful doing pro games. Yeah. He's great at, at college, but he doesn't know anything about the NFL teams or their games. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. By the way, uh, my first connection with Al Michaels, you know, I'm from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. His, first, his first gig was doing play-by-play for the Hawaiian Islander minor league baseball team. Awesome. Many, many, many years ago. Uh, quick pop quiz question. Uh, Oppenheimer, now the number one biopic uh, box office of all times, beating out beating uh, out uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Name this one star that was in both movies. Uh, I didn't see yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see so it, so I don't know. know. Rami Malek. Oh, oh what's okay. it? Okay. Yeah. And uh, barely got uh, by Colorado College uh, game, but... 49ers, Buffalo, Cowboys. I was four for four this week. What do you think? With the spread or just straight up? I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you anyway, for Michael. You, Mike. uh, everything going good there? Going yeah, good. it is. Sweet. Tour got a big weekend? No, no bad picks. <laughs> okay, shh, don't bring it up. Yeah, bad picks. Hey, what about our bet? You got it there. You won it. That's right. I didn't yeah. want to bring it up. I guess I had to. I'm... Yeah. Uh, you get you get a pick next week too. So right. you keep picking too. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, Torg, <laughs> stop. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> give me a dartboard. <laughs> we'll talk later. Have yep. a great day. See you. Uh, from your QFN Mighty Six Sears Heating and Cooling Weather Center, Sears Heating and Cooling. 100% relief, 0% financing. Clouds today, slight chance of showers. Uh, a high today, 74. Partly cloudy, some patchy fog overnight. A low, 49. And mostly sunny for Tuesday. Got a chance of an afternoon shower and a high, 75. It's 55 right now. All right, so it's not Franklin County, but another central Ohio county was recently named the most relaxed in the Buckeye State. All right. So a study by Leafwell... Yes, a company that helps link qualifying patients with medical marijuana cards found Delaware County was the most relaxed out of Ohio's 88 total counties in this study. Now, Franklin County did crack the top 10 coming in at number nine. So the study analyzed a number of factors, including mental health data, uh, annual income, and yes, access to medical marijuana dispensaries. Delaware, Good people don't smoke marijuana. Delaware County posted a total score of 72.5 with all those markers that no other county even came close to reaching. Delaware, we found this in your room. Where did you get this? Do you all right? I learned it by watching you. <laughs> Ford and General Motors, two of the big three automakers in the U.S., have now announced temporary layoffs. They say caused by the UAW strike that started last week. Just hours after the strike began, Ford told 600 workers at their Michigan plant, stay home. GM also said Friday they planned uh, to keep 2,000 workers at its Fairfax uh, Fairfax assembly plant in Kansas uh, home this week. Sotheby's, speaking of Freddie Mercury and Queen, 
Sotheby's wrapped up the auction of Freddie's personal items, and it was a huge success. So 1,400 items were on the auction block. $50.4 million those items raked in. Among the hot, hottest items up were his Tiffany <laughs> his Tiffany mustache comb. Ah. Okay. All right. You know how much his, his mustache comb went for? I'm sure he used it more than just on his it, mustache. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> um, $10,000. $189,000 for <laughs> Freddie wow. Mercury's mustache comb. Wow. It was only expected to go for $700, by the way. Also, the 13-page Bohemian Rhapsody handwritten lyrics with the working title Mongolian Rhapsody uh, that included alternate lines and lyrics. That was uh, that was won by $1.7 million. Nearly 42,000 bids were placed. And this was the ex, his ex-girlfriend? Correct. Who, Mary. Okay, she needed the money, right? I guess, well, I don't know how much she gets it, but $50.4 million. Wow. Jeez. And it, hey, Christy, when Jimmy passes away, you can sell off his goods. No, his guitars, yeah. Yeah, here's Jimmy. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the comb. thing. I do that. I sell his guitars what he told me he paid for him, and that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, honey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a $200 guitar. Yeah. And it was raining, not men, but it was raining money on Friday in Charlotte, North Carolina. An armored car driving down the road, it became disabled, and the back door flipped open, sent $100,000 flying through the air. Naturally, people ran into the street. They were grabbing the cash. But police have a warning for those that pocketed some of the loot. There are plenty of uh, closed-circuit cameras in the area, so they are identifying people who made the money grab. And if they don't turn it in, there will be arrests. <laughs> Local business owners say they saw the event, and it was nothing but sheer pandemonium. That happened here in Columbus on 270 uh, a few decades ago. Oh, Armored really? car. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, I think, maybe oh, half a million right. yeah. or something like that that was flying and people <laughs> stopping in the middle of the highway, scooping up as much as they could. You know, my buddy had a movie about that. My close personal friend starred in a movie. Money for nothing. Money for nothing. Remember John Cusack, my buddy? Oh, your buddy. He, yeah. Do you remember that movie? Uh, No. Uh, a truck like crashed or something, and money fell out. It was he was in Philadelphia, and he found the money. Not one of John's better works, work of art, but what is if you're John Cusack? Oh, I say anything. Hello, there iconic role. There you go. In the rain with the boombox above right. his head, He's... and and Peter Gabriel singing in your eyes. Sure. Hot tub time machine. And hot tub time machine. Sure. I'm sorry, that was great. And then he made part two. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have made part two. First one was okay. Second yeah. one, piece of crap. QFM 96 Kemba Financial Credit Union traffic injury accident. Allen Creek Drive and Williams Road. Everything else is looking pretty good for your Monday morning. And it's brought to you by Dream Seats. Your total ticket source. Concerts and sports are back. And Dream Seats has you covered. No service fees ever. Just call 340-8989 or go to dreamseats.com. We got five audio cuts for today's Hot Five. Cut number one. Deion Sanders, head coach of Colorado. But is it getting a little out of control? They are playing Colorado State at home. Lil Wayne sang the team out to the field. The Ugh. Rock was in the locker room. Game day was there. And guess who else was in the locker room? Deion's mommy. See, back where I come from, when somebody says something about your mom, you put one foot back. Yeah. So you was ready to get down. He didn't directly say something about my mom. But he alluded to the fact that his mama raised him 
And my mama didn't raise me right. I raised him right. the mama in the didn't the Campbell soup commercials the mama who is it Donovan McNabb's mama oh was yeah it? that's right yeah eating the, the chunky, chunky soup. soup yeah it was the chunky soup clip number two Aaron Rodgers was on with Pat McAfee uh calling the haters bums and well telling Keith Olbermann to do this I don't know if you saw Greg Kelly who's a super conservative uh political pundit said the reason why your Achilles happened not because Achilles, the way it was kind of constructed by oh, no. God or whatever, nope. but because you took ayahuasca, and that is kind of how it all happened. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Greg yeah. Kelly. <laughs> oh. Hey, hold on. There's another guy. What's that guy? Keith Olbermann said oh. that. Um, you love him, though. Because you're not vaxxed, that's why it happened. Yep. Yeah, get your fifth booster, Keith. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, there's a report that he could come back if they make it to the Super Bowl. But I don't think that's going to happen if you saw Sunday's game. Yeah. (laughs) Cut number three. U2 did a pop-up concert in Vegas outside of Circa on the Fremont Street stage. starts there shortly yes at the sphere at the sphere uh clip number four let's check out on wilson's brand new song it's called this is now and it's also along with her backing band called trip sitter it's not bad getting with the new rolling stones angry sounds great this one sounds pretty good it does even the duff song we played friday sounded good finally after yes two goose eggs now we were joking earlier in the show who is Dion sanders at colorado gonna have to speak to the team next oprah rick flair this could be a mentioned. great prop bet yeah well we got a cut from rick flair on his podcast telling a story about john cena I love John Cena, so he's been such a credible performer and just one of the great guys in the business. About 10 years ago, they told John he couldn't hang around with me. <laughs> like 2008, I'd go out drinking with John, and John could drink some beer back then, you know, and, and they told John, they said, look, we'd like you to just hang a little bit less around Flair on those European tours. <laughs> I didn't take it personally. <laughs> That's 
funny. Rick was like, I probably wouldn't hang out with me either. <laughs> Boy, that's a legend there when it comes to partying. And that is your hot five. Your Kemba Financial Credit Union traffic for your Monday morning. Injury accident, West 5th Avenue and Grandview Avenue. And an injury accident, Allen Creek Drive and Williams Road. Traffic is brought to you by Buyer's Mazda, where you will get a premium vehicle without a premium price. Buyer's Mazda in Dublin, 270, and Sawmill off Billingsley, BuyersMazda.com. Come see why it's better to buy at Buyer's Mazda. News is brought to you by Borgata Pizza Cafe. Soak up some sun on Worthington's best patio for their amazing happy hour specials. Joe Exotic, yes, Tiger King has no problem keeping his name out there, especially when he reaches out to celebs, politicians, sports figures, all to help in trying to clear his name, pay lawyers, and most importantly, get his ass out of jail. So this time, he has reached out to Bengal Joe Burrow. In a letter posted on social media, Joe Exotic told Joe Burrow that he's the real Tiger King, And he's tired of seeing everyone enjoying the fame of being the Tiger King while he suffers wrongfully in a prison cage. Exotic then goes on to ask Burrow to pay it forward by sending him $20,000 to help pay for his legal fees. As a result, God might help Burrow get to the Super Bowl. It's worth noting that Burrow has never once referred to himself as the Tiger King and has gone on record saying that he's never watched the Netflix series. He doesn't like the nickname and he doesn't like seeing animals in cages. So, sorry, Joe Exotic, Joe Burrow is not coming to your Didn't rescue. Didn't he ask Trump for a party? Oh, yes, he did, yes. Reaching out to anybody. He's got to keep his name out there. How long, how many more years does he have? Oh, God, like, I don't know, 20? Wow. 15, something like that? Uh, if customers at MGM's Las Vegas hotels need to distress a little bit after that major cyber attack, uh, grounded check-ins and slot machines and parking, screeching it all to a halt, Larry Flint's Hustler Club has been inviting frustrated tourists to seek refuge there. The club has been offering these weary travelers very special perks, including free airport pickup, luggage storage, complimentary $1,200 VIP membership, and free lap dances. The club says all the guests had to do was show their IDs, proving they were at least 21 years of age. And uh, proof of a valid MGM hotel reservation. And the offer was good all weekend. So if you wanted a free lap dance after your accounts got hacked, you could go over there and do it. We mentioned earlier that today is National Cheeseburger Day. 82% of Americans love cheeseburgers. But what is the best cheese to put on a cheeseburger? Mm. I like something a little different. Give me a little pepper jack, even some blue cheese. Nope, turns out we're boring. American cheese is the winner. Eh, just barely. 66% like it on a burger. 65% like cheddar. Swiss was next. And then pepper jack and then provolone. Rounding out the top five. So a bunch of fast food restaurant deals today for a burger. We mentioned them earlier. McDonald's, double cheeseburgers, 50 cents today through their app. Burger King has deals for the next three days. So today, reward members get a free cheeseburger with any purchase. And tomorrow, it's a free Whopper Junior. And then on Wednesday... A Whopper will only be three bucks. Wendy's through Friday. Junior bacon cheeseburgers will cost one penny with any online purchase. Dairy Queen, your daughter knows this, yes. Dairy Queen, free cheeseburger with any order of a dollar or more. There you go. You get yourself a blizzard. I'm there just, go. I'm just going to say that might be the best deal out there. Yeah. And White Castle, buy one, get one sliders through Wednesday, but only one per customer. 
And those were teeny tiny. Remember, go to the Torgan Elliott Twitter feed because we have a poll asking you the best burger, cheeseburger in town. You have Thurman's. You have Johnny's Tavern, Red Robin, or other. You and I like the Red Robin. The one with the fried egg on top is yeah, but pretty I, gosh darn I gotta good. I got to go Thurman's first, right? Steak and Shake had one like that, too, with the fried egg. And oh, I, did they? Oh, yeah, steak really and Shake's good. pretty good. I yeah. Would, I would say out of the fast food burgers, Steak and Shake might be the best. I agree. The little Smash Burger. Yeah, but then there's Smash the, Burger, not bad. Yeah, the triple from Wendy's is good. The triple from Dairy Queen is good. The Big Buford, delicious. Any triple. Anytime you're <laughs> giving me three burgers, you're a winner. It has a big in the name. Yes, if it's big, three burgers. Well, no, that's not true because Big Mac sucks. They the, shrank it. Have you ever eaten the Thermonator? Yeah, uh, you mean the challenge? Yeah. No. But Thermons has this one with an egg in it, and it's on Texas toast. Oh. oh. You got one with onion rings and bacon and barbecue yeah. sauce, too. Also delicious. <laughs> Thurman's is good. Uh, mouth is watering. Yeah, Thurman's my in the uh, Son of Thurman's. That's in Delaware. I haven't ate there. Yeah, I've been to Son of Thurman's. That's pretty by good. By Archie's good too. house, right? Or no? No, Archie's out in Patalaska. Or maybe Archie just cut spots for him. Maybe. Maybe that was. I mean, you really can't go wrong. I mean, a good greasy spoon always has a good greasy burger, and there's nothing wrong with that. You have a good bun too. Well, that's what you said, Torg. It's the bun the can bun make can or break a it. burger. Yep. Because if the bun isn't sturdy enough, and it's a, if it's a really hearty burger, and the bun can't withstand it, then that's just a mess. Yep. And I end up knife and forking it. Did you see whose birthday it is today? I can't believe this person's still alive. Is that, we thought we, they were dead? Robert Blake. He's still alive? He's still alive. He's got to be, what, 90? He is 90. Oh, is he? Okay. I saw this thing on, like, Reels Channel or something. It was a documentary, but it was about his wife. Bonnie Lee. But Blakely. 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 Did you know all the crap she was she gotten into before she married Robert there, Blake? Yeah, there now was listen, a lot. I'm not saying she should have allegedly been murdered, right? But, um, well, she was murdered. I'm saying allegedly by Robert Blake. She uh, claimed she was pregnant. She said it was Jerry Lee Lewis's kid. Yeah, she was kind of too And then they scoops. did a DNA and it wasn't. She then uh, dated Frankie Valley, Gary Busey, Christian Brando. She was bound and determined to marry someone famous. That yes, was her whole big thing. And, that was her big and deal. And she ended up with Robert, Robert Blake. Blake. <laughs> and, you know, the story, folks, was that, oh, uh, Dean Martin. I mean, holy crap, there's a bunch of people in there. Yeah, she was celebrity obsessed. Yeah, she wanted to get knocked up by a celebrity. That was her thing. She would write to celebrities and send them nudes. She was married nine times, by the way. Yeah. Before she ended up with Robert Blake. Nine times. Zsa's going, girl, slow down. Oh, boy. And he was the idiot who married her. Right? Yeah. So they said that, though, um, because they found the gun... Like, in a trash barrel, and apparently someone was... they, They claim that someone was hired and then when he went to the restaurant to uh, get his gun to get the gun because he said he left it drove by and, and he lost it. his gun left his gun oh i gotta go back to the gun again or the restaurant to get my gun yeah fell out of his pocket how do you not know that yeah, you lost a gun and then left it there and they say that the gun that was fired that he had wouldn't of 
hit correctly because of the trigger or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those, like, did he do it? But yeah, he was acquitted. He was. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? That was back in, what, 2001, something like that? Uh, Long time 2001. ago. Uh, and that was after OJ. Maybe he took notes. Oh, yeah, well, what not to do. Okay, let's not By the way, that. he was found liable for the uh, death in the civil trial. Her three eldest kids. Well, that's him. what happened with OJ, too, didn't it? Yes. Okay. And then he filed for bankruptcy in 2005. Does this dog, I think his daughter is taking care of the kid, right? Couldn't you feel a little uneasy if Robert Blake's your dad and no, he allegedly you killed your mom? Yeah. Because that's what uh, OJ's two youngest kids was raised by her sister, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I, don't, I don't think you're going to want to be raised by dad. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, we got some rock, uh, the Hall of Fake, the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fake news. And we'll do it with Sal's Rock Report after Boston. Director of Rock Programming, Premier Radio Network, Sal Cirincioni. What's up, man? Hi, Sal. Good morning. Well, this has been a hell of a weekend. Yeah, it no has, kidding. Huh? <laughs> I'll uh, I'll get right into it. And uh, this is a little bit lengthy, so if at any point you need to cut me for time purposes, please do so. As but, long uh, as you end before 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jan Wenner, the co-founder of both Rolling Stone Magazine and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation, he had a weekend he'd like to forget as he made disparaging comments about black and female musicians that ended up with him being removed from the Hall of Fame Foundation's board of directors. This all came about while talking to the New York Times about his new book, The Masters. This contains archival interviews that he did over the years with Bono, Bob Dylan, Jerry Garcia, Mick Jagger, John Lennon, and Pete Townsend, as well as a new one with Bruce Springsteen. Times reporter David Marchese, who used to work at Rolling Stone, asked why it focused on seven white men saying, in the introduction, you acknowledge that performers of color and women performers are just not in your zeitgeist. When I was referring to the zeitgeist, referring to black performers, not to the female performers, just to get that accurate. The selection was not a deliberate selection. It was kind of intuitive over the years. It just fell together that way. So the people I interviewed had to meet a couple of criteria. One, just kind of my personal interest and love of them, you know. But insofar as women, I mean, none of them were as articulate enough on this intellectual level. Oh, stop it. You can't say that. Joni Mitchell is not articulate enough on an no, no, intellectual. No, 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 what do you no, no, mean? No, no. Hold on a second. I'll let you rephrase that. All right, thank you. I mean, Joni Mitchell, yes. I mean, it's not that they're not creative geniuses. It's not that they're inarticulate, although go I have a deep conversation with Grace Slick or Janice. Please be my guest. Joni was not a philosopher of rock and roll. She didn't, in my mind, meet that test, not by her work, not by other interviews she did. The people I interview were the kind of philosophers of rock. Black artists, I mean, Stevie Wonder, these are genius artists. I mean, I suppose when you use a word as broad as the masters, the fault is using that word. Maybe Marvin Gaye. You just, I could cut Curtis Mayfield or, I mean, they just didn't articulate at that level. Well, but how do you know if you didn't give them a chance to? Because I read interviews with them. I listen to their music, the kind of things they're writing about. I mean, look at what Townsend was writing about or Jagger was writing or any of them were writing about, you know? And they were kind of deep 
things about a particular generation of spirit and a particular attitude about rock and roll. Not that the others weren't either, but these were the ones that could really articulate. Mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. All, all he had to do was leave that, that those two lines out of the introduction of the book, and, and none of this probably would have surfaced. Yeah. He did, he did not. Well, this story was obviously, it went viral, as the saying goes today. And on Saturday evening, uh, Jan Winter, he released a statement saying, uh, I'm sorry, on uh, Saturday evening, the uh, Rock Hall released a statement saying, Jan Winter has been removed from the board of directors of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation. And so then Winter, in an effort to try and save face, released a statement that said, in my interview with the New York Times, I made comments that diminished the contributions, genius, and impact of black and women artists, and I apologize wholeheartedly for those remarks. The Master is referring to his book, is a collection of interviews I've done over the years that seem to me to best represent an idea of rock and roll's impact on my world. They were not meant to represent the whole of music and its diverse and important originators, but to reflect the high points of my career and interviews I felt illustrated the breadth and experience in that career. They don't reflect my appreciation and admiration for myriad totemic, world-changing artists whose music and ideas I revere and will celebrate and promote as long as I live. I totally understand the inflammatory nature of badly chosen words and deeply apologize and accept the consequences. Okay, backpedal, backpedal, yep. backpedal. Yeah, Wenner co-founded the Hall of Fame Foundation in 1983. He was inducted as a non-performer in 2004. And the Masters, if you're interested in the book, will be published on September 26th. So there you go. And yeah. uh, John Sykes, yep. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, real quick. John Sykes, chairman of the Hall of Fame Foundation, he succeeded Winter in 2020. Um, he's made it a point to be more inclusive of female artists, which has been the case as 10 have been honored through this year's class that will be inducted in November. Okay. Whew. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of stuff <laughs> so, there. That's meaty. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Well, now on to a little bit more better news. Uh, U2, they were in Las Vegas Saturday to shoot a video for a new song, Atomic City, during a surprise pop-up concert on Fremont Street. Their drummer, Larry Mullen Jr., was with them, and they did numerous takes of the song for the video, which will be out later this month in conjunction with the start of their U2 UV Octung Baby residency at the Sphere on September 29th. That's when it opens. Atomic City was the nickname for Las Vegas during the days of nuclear bomb testing in the 50s. Bono describes the song as a, quote, rock and roll 45 RPM single in the tradition of late 70s post-punk Blondie the Clash, close quote. The surprise appearance also included an acoustic version of the first verse of I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, the video for which they also shot on Fremont Street in April 1987, the video, uh, you can catch some of the fan shot uh, video from Saturday on YouTube. And as I mentioned, Larry Mullen was with them Saturday, but he will still be sitting out the residency as he recovers from back surgery. He's being re being replaced by Bram Van Denberg. Bram Van Denberg. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like this story you got coming up. Yeah, let's roll back the clock to the nineteen to the early 1980s, which were not very kind to Kiss. 
their album sales were down, and original members Ace Frehley and Peter Chris had already departed the band. So in an attempt to resurrect their career and to plug their new album at that time, Lick It Up, Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Eric Carr, and Vinnie Vincent went on MTV today, September 18th in 1983, for an interview with J.J. Jackson without their makeup. You know, especially anybody who's been a KISS fan, and there are many of those over all these years. Very first time out, how does it feel now, without makeup, appearing for the very first time? It feels good. We've always been close to our fans. In fact, in a lot of the shows, we'd walk out into the crowd to sort of get a feel of what everybody was feeling like. And uh, most often, they really wouldn't know it was us. So we've always felt closer, and I think it's time for them to sort of know us a little bit more. It feels very, very comfortable. I mean, I hope it seems that way. I feel fine about it. (laughs) (laughs) It feels great. I mean, to me, it doesn't feel all that different because I've seen these guys more often without makeup than I have with makeup. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, maybe they're better with the makeup on. Yeah, yeah. I should wear makeup. Yeah. Uh, Well, I I don't know. You know, I mean, well, you're on the radio, so you have a face for radio. Yeah, true. Good point. That's, That's as the saying goes. Uh, though Lick It Up eventually did reach platinum status, the tour in support of it tanked, but they kept the makeup off until the original lineup announced their reunion in 1996. And while Simmons and Stanley, of course, are still in the band, the makeup schemes created by Ace and Peter live on on the faces of Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer. And finally this morning, folks in Columbus, I will leave you with uh, a little news on one of your neighbors, Eric Clapton who has collaborated with country singer Bradley Walker on a version of Always On My Mind in celebration of Willie Nelson's 90th birthday, which, of course, was this past April 29th, but who's counting? Rolling Stone guitarist Ronnie Wood also plays on the song, which is accompanied by a video that opens with a note saying, Dear Willie, here's to 90 years and many more. Love, Eric and Bradley. It then runs through a montage of footage and photos of Willie throughout the years. Let's give it a listen. tribute you know yeah and uh bradley walker he will be one of clapton's guests at his crossroads guitar festival in los angeles which is this saturday and sunday so there was a lot to go through this morning but uh appreciate the time and uh wish better days for yon winner yeah yeah yeah. thanks al thanks al all right take care bye-bye